What a surprise! Yet once again, it's time to visit that kindly old broad and your favorite crusty neighbor and mine, Betty Cupcake Crawford, broadcasting to you, yeah right, on the radio waves of your imagination. So you might as well grab a cup of coffee and plunk yourself down because, for all practical purposes, the podcast bay doors are locked and there's no escape. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Good morning, everybody. We're so happy to see you again and hope your day is starting off just right in a can-do spirit, tinged, as always, with that faint but exhilarating promise of misadventure from which, if you are wisely prepared, you are likely to eventually emerge triumphant. Have you ever had the feeling that even though the world around you is largely familiar and most things seem relatively predictable, a cosmic trapdoor is always there, just under your feet, ready to open up when you least expect it, pitching you head over hindmost into potential calamity. I mention this because I live constantly with this feeling, yet I'm energized, not done in by it. That is largely due to the intrepid spirit of a so-called book club I belong to. Called Sisters of Disasterhood, we are a plucky group of gals right here in Backwater Bay who focus with the intensity of a laser beam on the subject of everyday disaster and related survival skills. We are a so-called book club Because while we do occasionally read and discuss books relevant to our club theme, we also watch movies, take field trips, and try to catch each other off guard to see if we're really paying attention. We are not, as you might initially think, one of those groups that hoards gas masks, automatic weapons, Kevlar vests, freeze-dried meals, cans of tuna fish, and hermetically sealed barrels of water while waiting for black helicopters and the New World Order to start the takeover attempts. We aren't socking in for the day we can reinstate the gold standard, accelerate the robbing of the poor to benefit the rich, or clear-cut the national parks. Nor are we attempting to shore up the Republican Party as it would like by any means necessary. Rather, We prepare ourselves for everyday disasters that might catch us unaware in the natural world, the workplace, even our own homes. Our texts include not only actual survival guides, but fanciful works of fiction, carefully selected for their insight, successful or painfully misguided, into the navigation of calamity, whether modest or grand in scale. Our approach is both material and metaphoric. Take, for example, quicksand. The dictionary defines it in material terms as, quote, a bed of loose sand mixed with water forming a soft, shifting mass that yields easily to pressure and tends to engulf any object resting on its surface. Well... Who of us hasn't felt like that hapless object resting on a shifting surface just about to be engulfed? 
And that's why the dictionary then takes us to the metaphoric definition of quicksand, a place or situation into which entry can be swift and sudden, but from which extrication can be difficult or impossible. This is where Sisters of Disasterhood prove our mettle. Drawing from our many texts, field trips, and imaginative pranks, we practice extricating ourselves from the quicksand of the actual marsh, pointless and seemingly endless meetings, unfortunate but repetitive family dynamics, and the general deployment of passive-aggressive behavior towards us in multiple settings. We learn to not struggle against the quicksand, actual or metaphoric, but rather to survive, as the complete survival manual of the National Geographic Society suggests, by treating the quicksand as a fluid on which we must float. Keeping ourselves balanced and on top, rather than miring in more deeply, we then slowly move ourselves snake-like, one limb at a time towards solid ground. So, marsh, meeting, kith, or kin, surviving quicksand is just one essential skill you will want to have. That's why Backwater Bay's own Sisters of Disasterhood so-called book club has compiled an annotated starter list of essential disasterhood survival texts. You'll find it on our blog at backwaterbay.com. Just another way in which Backwater Bay works to share our experience and our knowledge with our neighbors near and far. Backwater Bay well, I need to say hi to Todd this morning. Good morning, Todd. How are you today? You seem unusually cheerful today, Betty. Should I be worried? Not yet. Hi, I'm Herb Hatcher. Surprised to be here asking you to take a stand for Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and a jobs program. Go to the blog page at backwaterbay.com to find out how. Oh, hi, Aurelia. I didn't expect to see you today. I just stopped by to drop off some flyers. Watch out for those boxes on the floor. Oh, on the floor. <laughs> I just dropped by to stop off some flyers. <laughs> <laughs> well, consider them dropped. So what do we got here? Flyers reminding parents to make sure their kids do Halloween trick-or-treating on the correct evening. Monday the 31st and not Sunday and not Tuesday. We need flyers for that. Well, you might not have been aware of it, but last year a number of trick-or-treaters inexplicably went out on the wrong night. It's a bad combo. People in grotesque disguises showing up at your door at night unannounced. And demanding things, too. I never thought of it that way. So it caused trouble last year? We had over 30 calls from terrified residents, and one neighborhood watch group actually set up barricades. A first grader, somewhat tall for her age, was pepper spray. We're a jumpy society. Clearly then, a timely reminder. Youngsters of Backwater Bay, no wayward or inopportune trick-or-treating this year. Please stick to a dependable date. Moms and dads, please check your calendars. And residents of Backwater Bay, when you answer that door on Monday night, 
don't automatically reach for the pepper spray. Oh, for heaven's sake. Daddy, get those geese away from me now. Oh, nothing to worry about. It's just Tempest, our resident time-telling goose, and his faithful mate, Fugit. Get him away! Make him go away! All right, all right. Todd, Todd, could you come give me a hand here? Yeah. You're on your own, Betty. Come on, come on, Tempest. Come on, Fugit. Let's go into the front office. I'm sure Todd's got a nice herring for you. That was a close call. You can get down off the chair now. Thank you. You seem a little rattled. Why don't I just make a nice cup of tea? No, I'm fine. Just a little surprise, that's all. I don't believe I've ever seen you so upset. I knew, of course, about your terror of aquatic reptiles encountered in unexpected settings. But this is a new one. I know you're trying to get out the door, but I think it might help to talk about these things. I've been frightened by large waterfowl ever since I was accosted by a flock of swans as a child. Swans? But they seem so tranquil. Not in hungry groups of ten or twelve. It was summer. I was sitting by a large pond in the park, just another big city kid in Gotham, reading a book by Virginia Hamilton and dreaming of the future. Well, that sounds idyllic. My mom was keeping an eye on my younger brother who was trying to catch a frog. I just started to eat my tuna sandwich when I heard the pad, pad, padding of some kind of broad, rubbery footfall. Then suddenly everything exploded into a nasal, honking nightmare. The swans attacked you? Well, my sandwich anyway. I was just in the way. But it was a terrifying frenzy of big wings and uh, beaks and long necks and and feathers and and, and giant clown-like webbed feet. I had nips, abrasions, and web prints all over my body. How terrible. No lasting harm, I hope. Just a lifelong aversion to big, honking, quacking things with webbed feet. And the ballet. And to feathers, of course. Of course. You know, Aurelia, we all have things that scare us. For example, I can't let a foot or hand dangle over the side of the bed when I'm trying to go to sleep. Nobody can. Oh, well, I suppose I have to remove you from the list then. What list? Oddly, for reasons nobody really understands, Tempest and Fugit aren't migrating this year. We're expecting some pretty harsh weather, and nobody can really keep them full-time, so I'm going to have them foster-parented on a rotating basis, a week at a time. Hmm, sorry, Betty, but you can count me out. Well, okie-dokie, for now. Well, Tempest the Time-Telling Goose and his faithful mate, Fugit, are in no mood to be trifled with. So I hear by the cannon on our courthouse lawn that it's time to say, so long. This was an unexpected day, but sometimes life is like that. Join us next time. For Backwater Bay, this is Betty Cupcake Crawford saying, we're glad you're here. And until we see you again, let me say, like my mother always said to me, 
You have a good day, dear one. And if you do, I will too. Free, so are we, and we never shut up.